This is Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone. Here's your host, Francesco Garaletta. Welcome back to another episode of uh, Data Science at Home, the podcast that makes machine learning easy for everyone. Before the end of the year, it's time to make something clear about some of the biggest misconceptions of artificial intelligence and uh, advanced machine learning. Uh, because I've been reading a lot and uh, talking to so many people so far, uh, and uh, many of them have uh, very big expectations about uh, what artificial intelligence can do or will do eventually. Uh, and so in this episode, I would like to uh, make things clear before 2019 so that everyone is on the same page and nobody will get disappointed when undeliverable things will not be delivered indeed. The very first uh, misconception that I had to deal with uh, along 2018 was about chatbots taking over jobs. Now, I've heard this many times, I also read this many times, about the fact that, uh, you know, this chatbot technology that was kind of on the hype beginning of uh, 2018 um, would have uh, changed completely the way people communicate with machines or services. Uh, and so a lot of uh, folks out there were, were saying, oh, uh, even websites will be clickless. We will change completely the way we interact with uh, with internet services. And so if we were used to click things, now we uh, will get used to uh, chat to our uh, services, to our machines, or even talk to them. Uh, now, this is only partially true uh, in the you due to the fact that chatbot technology uh, i don't want to of course minimize this is an amazing technology uh, but uh, it's just another channel uh, you know another communication channel for for people to interact with uh, with internet services it's a it's a form of optimization i don't think it's a uh, it will ever be a full replacement due to many technical reasons that i'm of course not going to to talk now in this episode, this is just a list of the misconceptions. But you know, there is a there has been a very interesting approach approach so far uh, to uh, developing more and more sophisticated chatbots. But looking at it as uh, take, taking over jobs, I mean, uh, it's quite uh, it's quite a misconception. I mean, and by the way, taking over the jobs of, of who? Uh, of the call center, um, not necessarily. I don't see that happening in the immediate future. Uh, probably they will, as they are already doing uh, so, giving more support to um, you know level one uh, or tier one um, uh, customer service. But a full replacement, I'm I, I'm not sure. I would not sign for it. The second misconception is about uh, neural networks that are like the human brain. Now, this is a, you know this applies to several domains because neural networks are being used in uh, in different domains from from uh, even even for chatbots for chatbot technology, uh, and uh, you know this is really a big one. I would say that's why I put it on to, on the top of my list. Uh, because neural networks are extremely helpful, uh, they are extremely interesting, they are very powerful algorithms, 
but that's it. They are algorithms, right? So many biological properties that we humans or even simple organisms have are not even close to neural networks. They're already way more orders of magnitude, more complex than what neural networks can achieve. Uh, even with the biggest set of GPUs and computing power. Now, we are not considering uh, a lot of what biological brains can do. For example, the way synapses are connected, the amount of neurons. Uh, uh, there are also specialized neurons that we are not considering when, uh, whenever we uh, design an architecture, an artificial neural network architecture. To simplify also, backpropagation it's not a biological phenomenon. It's, it's just an algorithm that, you know, it's uh, uh, commonly used to optimize a function and minimize the errors in an iterative way. But that's not the way uh, biological brains work. And there is a lot of uh, discussions about, uh, uh, you know, the next, you know, neural networks 2.0, let's say, where backpropagation indeed is not being considered as the horsepower of uh, um, of, uh, of neural networks, which makes sense to me because if you want to simulate or emulate uh, biological brains, then, well, uh, you should use the same mechanisms and the same concepts that or theories that have been already accepted by the community. So, no, neural networks are not like the human brain. I must say, fortunately. Uh, the third on my list is about uh, artificial general intelligence. Now, I've been speaking about this a number of times already. Again, I consider being in the top three of the you know biggest misconceptions so far because there have been a lot of folks there saying that artificial general intelligence will become so powerful and so intelligent that it can put humans at risk. This is uh, a big misconception because... Uh, I don't see this happening. It's, of course, my personal opinion. We are worrying about dangers that are not even behind the corner. Worrying about this, it's like, you know, worrying about artificial general intelligence becoming so intelligent to put humans at risk. Um, this has been the, the, the topic of uh, many sci-fi novels uh, in, the, in the 80s. Uh, but I believe it's like worrying that remote working will soon no longer make sense because of, of teleporting. It's, it's, it does make sense to me. And so this is something that I wanted to mention in this episode. No, we are not even close to AGI. AGI, we don't even have the tools to tackle the problem that AGI wants to tackle. At the fourth place, uh, we have intelligent machines killing humans. This is a bit softer than uh, artificial general intelligence uh, putting humans at risk. This is just about killing. So <laughs> it makes me laugh because, uh, you know, there are no intelligent machines. Um, intelligence is defined by the designer or the developers of that software, right? So at the end, this is software. And so criticality comes from the application domain and not from the, you know this form of self-consciousness that people claim. A machine is never intelligent. The software that uh, is driven that is driving that machine is is uh, making that machine useful is uh, designed to tackle with um, dynamic scenarios and to uncertainty and all these you know concepts in that come from probability and, and statistics, uh, and also that are, you know, close enough to our world in which indeed things happen uh, 
without 100% certainty. Now, saying that, you know, dealing with probability, dealing with rare events, dealing with uh, uncertainty uh, is a form of intelligence because we as humans are, you know, used to think that, uh, okay, this software is robust enough to deal with pretty much any situation out there. But that doesn't mean that these machines are truly intelligent, at least according to our definition of intelligence. The fifth misconception is about uh, blockchain paving the way to artificial intelligence. And there are some folks out there even saying paving the way to artificial general intelligence. This is something that is, you know, quite dangerous to claim uh, for one simple reason, in my opinion. I've heard a lot of people using blockchain and artificial intelligence as two terms that kind of help defining the future in the most disruptive way. And so many of these people think that, you know, I have two disruptive technologies out there, probably hyped technologies. And uh, if, I if I take them independently, uh, you know, people are happy. And apparently if I take them together, uh, people are happier. And so if I say, wow, with AI, we can solve this and that problem. And with blockchain, we can solve this and that problem. Imagine what we can do with their combination, with the combination of the two. I think the biggest misunderstanding here comes from the fact that these are two very different technologies. And uh, it doesn't even mean that, you know, taking the combination of these two would even make sense at all. Uh, blockchain as you know is kind of good for incentivizing individuals and organizations for for something for some kind of business process uh, but blockchain for example has proven to be terrible for for data and for data sharing uh, never put data on your blockchain because it's very expensive it is very slow and it's just it doesn't it doesn't fit the the, the task uh, maybe for data sharing and model sharing, as several companies are doing out there, it can make sense under certain constraints. But uh, to replace, to use blockchain as a uh, data sharing facility uh, or infrastructure is a terrible idea. Artificial intelligence has proven to be good for simply predictions, right? So you take some data, you take a, a, a domain, a very well-defined domain, and you define your um, intelligent software or, or use case, and you build uh, neural networks, you build predictive models, also because artificial intelligence is not just neural networks, but is a series of other things uh, that, that go way beyond the concept of, of artificial neural network. But anyway, you take this artificial intelligence thing, and what you do is just predictions, right? That's the scope of artificial intelligence, dealing with uh, the future, dealing with decisions, and uh, telling individuals and also other machines and other services how to deal in a specific scenario. Uh, now, there is nothing at the moment that makes us think and definitely makes me think that one technology will pave the way to the other. Uh, there are no concrete examples for, for blockchain, uh, except the huge noise that has been done uh, around you know this blockchain and decentralized uh, decentralization concepts but other than that there is no business case at the moment in in one in, for one technology the, the, the blockchain example and uh, there are several use cases though for AI but they are still quite far away from 
taking over and uh, replacing the, the way we look at things, right? So a combination of the two is just like marrying two beasts, two huge technologies that we haven't tackled yet. We don't know 100% how they work. We don't know 100% how they would fit our world and our uh, use cases the ones that you are dealing with every day. And so I don't see how a combination of the two, you know, would improve things rather than making, you know, creating even more misconceptions because indeed solve them independently first, see where they fit, and then eventually start thinking about a combination of the two. This is my, my way of thinking, of course, and uh, I really appreciate uh, additional comments on that. Uh, the sixth misconception that I have on my list is about, uh, you know, AI in healthcare uh, and that will make doctors obsolete. This is something that I personally have been speaking uh, a few years ago uh, when I, uh, you know, was into more into healthcare in the healthcare domain, um, dealing with genetics and um, genetic disorders and, of course, big data for which uh, complex analysis analysis were required and uh, uh, and uh, amazing predictions were were just performed by uh, complex systems and smart and intelligent software. But you know, applying machine learning to non-critical domains, for example deciding or giving you suggestions about your personal finance or, uh, for example, your next investment or your social media newsfeed and stuff like that, you know, is one story. Applying artificial intelligence to clinical predictions and medicine is a completely different story. Now, there is a long tradition in healthcare uh, with uh, a very important human factor and, uh, you know, a liability system um, that is very important that it stays uh, even in the future, uh, especially when it comes to, uh, for example, saving lives, uh, but also just providing diagnosis for, for patients, for example. Now, I believe that there is still a long way before we see artificial intelligence kind of on autopilot with healthcare, and uh, definitely longer to see artificial intelligence taking over medical doctors. And to be very honest with you, I hope that never happens because there are a lot of factors that artificial intelligence, as we know it today, uh, cannot manage. I'm a technocrat. I, I like technology a lot, but I would put my trust into humans who have other properties, especially for uh, healthcare and for medical diagnosis. The last one on my list is about artificial intelligence improving itself until it becomes a super entity. I've read about this many times. Uh, you know, there are some, I don't know, journalists, bloggers uh, who think that uh, you just train a neural network indefinitely and, uh, you know, you wait long enough and boom, you get a super entity, something that sooner or later becomes smarter than humans. Now, this is probably is at the end of the list, but I think this should have been at the top because it's a very subtle one. You know, artificial intelligence improves only as the data improves. Now, machine learning is a very data-driven approach to predictions. I can summarize this, and many have done that already, garbage in, garbage out, which means that you 
train, you feed the neural network or the predictive model with uh, low quality data. And well, don't expect that the prediction is going to be high quality predictions. So more sophisticated systems that do not rely on data, in fact, rely on models that have been kind of injected by humans uh, according to the way they perceive the physical phenomenon or the physical world they are trying to predict. So with this respect, there is no real magic. You know, when someone comes with a, a statistical method and they say, I believe that, for example, the probability of this and that event is that, is 0 0.35, right? Uh, is 35%. Because I believe, you know, I've spent my my time there, my career there, and I've seen this happening this many times, right? So there is this knowledge uh, that comes from a domain expert uh, that is injected in an automatic system, is injected in a predictive model, right? So this happens all the time. In addition to this, you can also feed the, the predictive model with new observations. And if that model indeed has been designed in the proper way, you will see that, you know, the neural network or the predictive model in general will start, you know, improving itself as new data get in. Of course, there cannot be an eternal improvement until an algorithm acquires, let's say, God's power. This this is, just doesn't make sense. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, this is something that people believe, not all of them, of course, uh, but people kind of believe this because everyone is more and more familiar with the fact that take a million images, uh, feed the neural network for a number of epochs, and you will see that this accuracy goes up, the error loss goes down, and uh, and if you wait long enough, and if you buy probably five or four GPUs, uh, you know, you, you wait a bit less, uh, but suddenly the neural network start classifying images correctly. This is true for an image classifier. Um, this is true for very, very simple uh, concepts and very simple classification, even though indeed computer vision is a very, uh, is a huge beast, you know, it's not something that is simple at all. But I want to make a comparison with what happens with, for example, the brain of a kid uh, who becomes a teenager and then an adult, and well, he or she improves as he or she is exposed to an enormous amount of data and experiences in a lifetime. Now, this is not the same for artificial intelligence, where data is not even comparable to the uh, aforementioned amounts, you know, what a kid can see and can experience in a lifetime. And that's why we see that brain improving. And, you know, from a data perspective, of course, because the brain of a kid improves for many other reasons that are not even uh, emulated in, uh, in an artificial neural network. Already thinking about the amount of data, if we are used to see these terabytes or picobytes or whatever, the next, uh, the next order of magnitude for dimension of, of images and data, these are incredible quantities, but not even a millionth of what uh, a biological brain is capable of absorbing in a lifetime. Moreover, the artificial intelligence systems we are used to deal with today are very specialized machines that can improve only in a very well-defined and I must say very narrow domain. Think about medical images or Google images or sounds and uh, I don't know, music reading or music generation. So every neural network, every predictive model is kind of specialized in solving a very specific problem, not exactly, you know, an entire set of problems that, you know, a kid is exposed to every day. 
this is my list of course i hope that some of the misconceptions uh, we have heard so far have been cleared uh, now i appreciate of course your comments or your thumb ups <laughs> on apple Podcasts, stitcher or podbean and uh, i thank you very much for listening and for your support and talk to you next time ciao this episode is supported by logianalytics.com are you planning to update the dashboards and reports in your application Lots of business intelligence vendors claim their software is best, but they can't all be winners. Logi Analytics is offering five reports from analysts like Gartner and Dresner, comparing 26 BI vendors. Get help focusing your evaluation, prioritizing features, and determining what solution fits your tech stack. Visit logianalytics.com slash data science to claim your free reports. That's L-O-G-I analytics.com slash data science this was data science at home the podcast that makes machine learning and artificial intelligence easy for everyone if you like the show don't forget to write a review on apple podcast stitcher or podbean you can also find us on datascienceathome.com where you can subscribe to our newsletter and get the latest updates thanks for listening